Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. I want to start again and reiterate um, just a few things here before I continue on this lesson. Hopefully, I'll finish it tonight. But I want to reiterate just a few things, and I want to reiterate this part of the text. The part of the text that I need to reiterate is that both men heard the word. There was no uh, greater or lesser word for either one of these men. Both of them heard the word. Both of them obviously understood the word. There was no problem with the dissemination of the word or the deciphering of the word. The only problem that these two men faced in differences is that one man did what he heard and one man did not do what he heard. He heard the same word. And I thought about that today when uh, someone who is a really smart aleck type person in this church sent me that text and said, hey, I'm not telling nobody nothing. I'm not looking at my neighbor and telling them nothing in 2020. They in the same room. They can hear just like I can hear. It was funny. I laughed because I do say look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor all the time. I do say that a lot, so that's funny. But it's funny because both people are sitting in the room, both people are hearing the word, who, who is doing something with the word that they're hearing. <clears throat> it's easy to hear. It's hard to live out. And, and if you've been living for God long enough, you know that that is uh, an understatement. That I, to hear it is, is the easy part. To do it is the hard part. To hear the word, hear it spoken into your heart, hear the word spoken into your spirit, even though it may affect you, it may impact you, you hear it and it impacts you, oh, it feels good. But then what do you do with it? What do you do with that word once you've received it? And sometimes the word is deep and sometimes the word is shallow. Um, and, and God can work in both of those settings. I've, I've, been, in, I've been in services before where the word was really deep and it affected me because I, I saw something that I had not seen in the scripture before. I was, uh, it was a revelation to me. I, I saw deeper than I had seen before or maybe I, I saw something in the scripture that maybe I had overlooked. And many of you in this room, if you read the word of God and, and you listen to a lot of preaching and stuff, sometimes that'll happen to you. You'll see a scripture and you'll say, you know what? I've read that a hundred times, but man, I never saw that before. This jumped out at me in this season of my life. In this season, it spoke something different to me. And I couldn't see that before because I was in a different season than I'm in now. And so I've seen it and it's different to me. But I've also heard preaching and word that really wasn't deep. It, it wasn't a deep revelation. It was just a wake-up call. Like, okay, man, I've heard this before. I know this, but why am I not doing this? The part of these sayings, when I, when I talk about, he said, these sayings of mine, a, a part of those sayings is, begins in verse 7 when he says, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened. That is very self-explanatory. It's not really deep to understand that. If you ask, you're going to get. If you seek, you're going to find that. If you knock, the door will be open unto you. And so that, 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 that's not really a deep revelation of the word. It's a very simple concept, but the simplicity of it also shakes me to my boots because when is the last time that I've really asked? 
When is the last time that I've really sought? When is the last time that I've really knocked? You know, it's simple. And I think sometimes in the simplicity of the word of God, we forget to actually do what the Lord told us to do. We, we, we complicate things. Church culture complicates things. You gotta pray like this. If you ain't praying like this, then you ain't praying. You know? Uh, me and Pastor John, probably about two or three years ago, he'll remember this. We're at a, 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 a prayer conference type thing, you know, community prayer conference, and every, everybody gets up to pray. There's a bunch of pastors, you know, ministers in the whole you know, county or whatever, and everybody gets up to say a little prayer, and we're all praying for different things, and so, you know, everybody gets up, and they pray, Lord, we're praying for our community, Lord, bless the community, you got all these different people praying, and they all have so much, so unique prayers, like, one guy gets up, and he's like, Father God, we come before you as humbly as we know how to just ask you, could you, would you, might you, you know, and then the next guy's like, Lord, We really need you. Could you be with little Tommy as he comes home from school tomorrow? And the next guy comes up and he's like, Dear Heavenly Father, Son of Grace, Good Shepherd. And then the next guy comes up and he's like, God, you know we need you. We've been needing you. We've never needed you more than we need you now, Lord. And every way is correct. There's no wrong way. If you're talking to God, then you're doing it the right way. We complicate things. This is better. That's, that's better. Uh, it's got to be like this. got to be like that. got to be three minutes. got to be 30 minutes. got to be long. got to be short. got to be... To the point, got to be have all kind of act. It doesn't matter as long as you're talking to God. You're 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 doing something right. The Bible tells me in the first book and the first chapter of Samuel that Hannah was bitter and she prayed. She was mad at God. She was mad that, that why why can't I have a baby? But she prayed. She was mad and prayed. I mean, my goodness, you can be mad and pray. You can be happy and pray. You can be sad and pray. You can ask God for what you need at any point, any time. We overcomplicate it when the simplicity is just do it. Ask. Seek. Not. Jesus is telling us, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. You know, Nike, Nike has a slogan, and the slogan of Nike is just do it. And it's, that, that slogan is, is so overused but it is super relevant to the word of God. And it's really super relevant to our society today. Because we have a disease in, this, in our culture today. There's a, there's a disease, and it's the I'm gonna disease. You ever heard of the I'm gonna disease? I'm gonna start a business. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna have a ministry. I'm, go, I'm a gonna, and they, I'm, I'm a gonna, I'm a gonna, I'm a gonna. And really, the word of God is just telling us, stop saying I'm going to and just do it. Stop talking about it. 
Talking about it gives you a sense of release, like you've done it. You ain't done nothing. Talking about it gives you a, simple, a, a sense of accomplishment. Don't, don't talk about it, be about it. This is, what, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying the difference between the wise man and the foolish man, the only difference is one did it and one didn't do it. Same word, same powerful word, the same storm. Wind, rain, floods. But one lasted and one didn't last because one of them did these sayings of mine. He said in verse 8, if you ask, you receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. In verse 9, he tells us, who, who among you, if your son asked you for bread, would give him a stone? He said, now, how, how is it that you, who, who are so fleshly, would give good gifts to your children? And then you expect me, God, whose ways are far above your ways and, can, and, and love you deeper than that. If you ask me, I'll give it to you. That's what he said. He said, if you hear these sayings of mine, if you do of them, I will liken you unto a wise man. Watch what he says here in verse 12. I'm going to continue on into the things that he said here. In verse 12, this is very important. He said, therefore... Are you listening? Are you ready for this? This is one of the things that he said. He said, if you do this, if you do these things, you'll have a house built on stone. He said, therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is, be, is more than a Sunday school lesson. It's more than just a golden rule. This is biblical. He said, if you do this, I will. your house will be built on stone. If you would just treat people like you want to be treated. If you would just do to people like you would like them to do unto you. If you would treat them like you would love them to treat you. If you would be kind to people because you want people to be kind to you. If you'd be patient with people because you want people to be patient with you. If you would be thoughtful. If you want people to be thoughtful to you, be thoughtful to them. If you want to have friendship in your life, be friendly to people. If you need time with people, then give people time. Whatever you Want done to you, do to the other people. And then Jesus tops it off by saying this. This is the law and the prophets. So when he says this to Jewish people, when he says it to us, we're just like, oh, that's the law. No, it's, and it's, it's more than that. When he says it to Jewish people, he knows, they know that he's talking about those Ten Commandments. And when he says the prophets, he know, th- those Jewish people know that he's talking about all of the prophets in the Old Testament. He's saying that, that in the, those ten commandments that Moses got on that mountain and all the prophets that followed him are all wrapped up into this one thing. Let me say it again you, because we're, we're missing it. We're missing it. When Jesus makes this statement, this is the law and the prophets, he's telling Jewish people, your whole Torah 
and your whole belief system up to this point is wrapped up in treating people like you want to be treated. What's the first commandment? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have only one God before you. That's, that, that, all that stuff is, is, is me and God. But thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not commit adultery. All those commandments, that's between me and you. This is the law. You see, because if I treat you like I want to be treated, I won't kill you. Because I don't want you to kill me. I don't like to be dead. I've never tried it, but I'm sure I don't like it. You know, if, if I treat you like I want to be treated, I won't commit adultery. All the laws and all the prophets are tied up in this one saying. Now, hearing it sounds good, don't it? But can you do it? This is, this is the crux of this entire chapter is that hearing it benefits you nothing. Woo! That's good. That's good. That's good preaching, Pastor. Thank you so much. Hearing it doesn't benefit you at all. They both heard it, but one lost everything and one stood. Was there damage? Probably so. He probably lost some shingles. I mean, it was a storm. Probably some water damage. Uncle Doug, there may have been a hole in the window somewhere. Yeah, life's going to do that to you, but it didn't fall. I lost some stuff in the storm, but I didn't fall. You know, I lost some, some paint that I painted on the wall. I, I, I really liked that, but the storm took it away. But it didn't take away everything. I, I struggled in the storm. I'm not, I'm not saying that I was just sitting in my house in the middle of the storm, just being so excited and just loving it. This is amazing. This Look, they're tearing off the siding. I didn't want that siding no way. Nobody does that. We lose stuff in the storm, but I didn't fall. I'm still here. I got some scars. I got some wounds. But I'm still here. I made it through the storm because I did what I heard. I heard it. They heard it too. They decided not to do it. So when the storm came, they lost more than I lost. I've lost some stuff in the storms of life, but I'm still standing. And that is the key. Yeah. And it's not easy. And Jesus tells us that it's not easy in verse 13 when he tells us this. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. He, 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 he's, he's letting us know it's easier said than done, y'all. If you want destruction... Man, it's an it's a, it's a eight-lane highway. But if you want life, it's a trail in the middle of the woods. And, 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 and in this life, if you find yourself alone sometimes and you find yourself lonely and, 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 and everybody, it's not, just, it's not just a great heyday, well, then it might be that you're on the right track somehow. 
It may just be that you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. If you're not super popular with everybody, that's fine. You show me somebody that everybody loves, and I'll show you somebody that ain't doing nothing for nobody nowhere. You, you come up with the most lovable person you can think of, and I'll tell you somebody who don't like them. Probably me. You can't make everybody happy. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. If you're going to walk this walk, then there's some things that you are not going to be able to take with you. It just didn't fit. I, I look at everybody else's life out there and I see, wow, they got a lot of stuff. But you know what? They're on a broad path. And everything just don't fit in the path that I'm walking. It's not easy. Verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. This is a very interesting scripture to me because me and you keep looking, me and you keep looking for false prophets in shepherd's clothing. But that's not what Jesus said they're going to do. Jesus said when the wolves come, they're not going to be dressed like shepherds. They're going to be dressed like sheep. The false prophets aren't in the pulpit. The false prophets are sitting in the pew. There's some false prophets in this room tonight. And it got tight right when I said that. But that's okay. It's Bible anyway. A lot of people are deceived because they, the, the, the person that's deceiving them they, they looks just like them. If I got up here and you knew I was a preacher and a prophet and you're looking at me in that way and I, and I said some stuff that you knew was wrong, you'd be like, that's wrong. What are you crazy? Because you put that expectation on me to be correct. But when someone's linear with you and you're looking right across the board and they look like you look, you listen to anything they got to say. Well, they just like me. I must be right. But be care. Be, beware. Is what he's, Jesus is saying, beware. Pay attention. Be intentional. Keep your eyes open. Tell me, I'm a prophet. I'm a prophetess. No, you're not. I, and I know you're not because you keep telling everybody what God tells you. And it's always about somebody else. Well, let me tell you what God told me about them. Well, God has never spilt nobody's beans. So automatically, you ain't a prophet or a prophetess. That's, that's, that's. False prophets in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, wolves. And watch, the wolf will always come out. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get fresh blood around a wolf and he won't show his teeth. You, you back him in the corner, the wolf will come out. Every time. Yeah. You know what that spirit is? This verse 7 of 15, that spirit right there, that's the spirit of Jezebel. That hates leadership. That thinks that God talks to them and only them. Got their own prophets, got their own ministers. We keep talking about the prophets of Baal, but you know, 
that was only half the crowd. The other, the other prophets were the prophets of Jezebel because she surrounded herself with the, with the ministry that spoke what she wanted to hear. She wasn't the prophet. She just had her own prophets. Well, I don't listen to him. I mean, because, you know, but I, I, I listen to them. Anyway, let me move on from verse 15 if I get in trouble. <laughs> Watch it. You shall know them by their fruits. The wolf going to come out. The wolf going to come out. It's a full moon. You shall know them by their fruits. He said this. He said, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? He said, no, no. Grapes don't grow on thorn bushes. Roses do. You can eat a grape and a rose is pretty, but you can't eat it. You can try if you want to. Give you a bellyache. And usually it does. Figs don't grow on thistles either. Beautiful white flowers do. They look good, but they're not fruit. You got to be careful. Just be aware. Be aware of false prophets. They come in sheep's clothing, but just watch the fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Watch verse 17. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Good tree, good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Good and corrupt, wise and foolish. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. It can't. You cannot be good and bring forth evil fruit. Neither, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Yeah. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. You shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruit. Somebody say, you shall know them. You got to know them. I know you by the fruits. I know you by your fruits. Watch this. Works are not fruits. We have confused works with fruits. We have confused it. And there's a lot of people who do good works. They do good works trying to cover up that they're not producing good fruit. Fruit is character. Fruit is spirit. You can't, you can't buy good fruit. But I can take my money and do good works. But I can, can never take my money and pr produce good fruit. Because fruit is spirit and character. It's the inner part of a man. It comes out in conversation. It comes out in tough places. Fruit, fruit comes out when there's pressure. Fruit comes out when there's growth. Fruit only comes out in seasons. It's fruit. And you will know them by their fruit if you hang around long enough in a season. In a season. If you, if you stick around long enough in a season, it'll come out. And just your works, what, what we do, what we do doesn't get us any points. We are inside. If we hear the word 
and we do the work, it will produce in us fruit. If we hear the word and we do the work, it will produce in us fruit, character, integrity, godly character, godly integrity. And it's not just because a lot of people are faking in the, in the church as a whole. A lot of people are just faking. And, and, they, and it's easily to fake because me and you are, we're not, we're not being intentional about the fruit part of it. We, are, we just keep looking at the works. Well, he did this. She did that. Oh, they did. Oh, that, oh I see. Well, there must be. But a lot of people are just fooling. And, and, and listen, I know this because I've been in this long enough. I've been in this long enough that I've seen great men of God that I thought were amazing. They were my heroes. I got tapes of them preaching. I loved them. I still love them. But when they fail, brothers and sisters, they fail hard. Great was the fall of that house. They fell ugly. It was bad. It was treacherous. And it hurt me when I heard how great they fell. Because they were just faking. It wasn't real. But I was programmed to just look at works and not programmed to look at fruit. They had bad character. And in the darkness of night, they were doing things that was against God's character. But in the daylight, they were just working. And the works looked amazing. But the fruit was off. It was a rose, and the rose looked good, but I did not notice that it was connected to thorns, and fruit don't grow on thorns. Uh, you got to watch, and it takes time sometimes. You gotta be, it takes time to, for, for that character to come out, and we're programmed to just watch, watch, watch the works, watch the works, watch the works. We're programmed to that. We want to see what, what, what people are, 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 are doing, but it's not coming out in their spirit. You see, if we hear the word and we do the word, a lot of times no one knows that we're actually doing the word. Because if you truly do the word of God, it is not set up for fanfare. Let me, say, let me say this again because I need to get this through and, and I'm, I'm going a little bit long tonight but, but, but I want to get some points through here and, and because if I do, I'll, I'll be done with this uh, series right here but I want to get through to you because the word of God is set up in a way that it brings, if we actually do the word of God, we do what the word's telling us, it's set up in a way that it brings no attention to us. Works brings attention to us and we can pose for the picture. Look what I did. But that's works. And it makes us look good. And we're selfish like that. I, okay. I'll just admit it. If y'all don't want to admit it. I know y'all are not selfish. Not y'all. I'm talking other people. But we're selfish like that. And I, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about the, the thought processes behind it. I'm not talking about any individual person. I'm not talking about any individual thing. I'm talking about the thought processes behind it. You know, like stuff like we go on these big missions trips and it's just a photo op. And we're just posing in front of things, that, but we're not. And, and, and the works look good. The works make us look good. But if we really do the word of God, 
the, if we do these sayings of God, those things are set up in a way we can never take credit for it. That's how God set it up. It's like, it's like the little old lady in the mall who's got those white New Balance on. And she's at the mall every morning when it opens at 8.30 or 9. Some of y'all ladies know when it opens. When, whenever that mall opens, she's in there. And she's 65, 70, got her New Balance on. And she's <laughs> walking around that mall. Get out of her way. Nana's coming through. And there's nobody there. Now, you can go to the Boston Marathon, and they're running, and they're lining the streets up, yelling, screaming, shooting confetti. They're having a blast watching these people do. But this old lady at the mall, nobody's there. Ain't nobody standing in the corner of the mall going, let's go, Grandma. You can do it, Grandma. One more lap around Macy's. You can do it. Nobody's there. The only person, the only person that will know that Grandma's been walking is her doctor. The only person that knows that grandma's been putting it in five days a week. Nobody cheering, no finish line, nobody saying, let's go, let's go. Just every five days a week, grandma's putting it in, putting it in. And when she gets to that doctor, the doctor says, oh, oh, Bessie May. Sound like a grandma name. If your name is Bessie May, you know the grandma apologized totally. <laughs> oh, look. oh, Bessie May, girl, your cholesterol's down. Your heart's doing good. You been walking? Been walking. I didn't post it on Instagram. I didn't post. All I the things that I did to make sure that my insides were good, nobody rejoices for that. And even those runners that run in the Boston Marathon and the people are cheering, seven months ago, those guys were running in the middle of nowhere and there was nobody there. And the only reason they're there is that all of the hours and days and months and years that they ran alone, and we see people sometimes doing great things, but we never saw what they did alone. Because the works do not equal fruit. The word of God is set up in a way that if you do it, no one will know it. When you pray, don't pray like the Pharisees and Sadducees that stand in the street and beat their chests and say, woe is me. When you pray, go privately alone into your closet. Don't take your cell phone with you. Don't put it on the gram. Go alone. Pray alone. If you're going to fast, don't tell nobody. As soon as you tell somebody, the fast is ruined. You wasted three days. Don't tell nobody you're fasting. He said, wash your face. Look good. You don't want people, don't, don't walk out the house looking all rough. Well, I'm fasting today. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm, uh, whew. I come, everything's blurry. I can't even see straight. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, I've been fasting. When did you start fasting? Well, just, just last night. I got the keto flu. <laughs> Jesus says, don't do that. Wash your face. Dress up nice. Look good. 
You don't want anybody to know. This is between you and God. If we hear these sayings and we do these sayings, no one will ever know it until the storm comes and the flood comes and the wind comes and I stand and I make it and you see me in church. You see, some of y'all don't know all of this, but I know that there's some people sitting in this room. I know your resolve because I know what you've been through, but you're still here. I know that somewhere along the way, I may have not seen it. We may have not seen it, but somewhere along the way, you put in time. You did the word of God because you've been through hell and you're still standing here tonight. You're still here. And most people would have quit. Most people wouldn't even show up, but you're still here because you know God I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not going anywhere because I built my house on a rock. I built my house on a rock. Brother Shorter, you shouldn't be here tonight. Almost got killed in a car accident. Trying to take your life. But you're in a wheelchair still sitting in the house of God. Could have quit, but have been fine. We'd have all been like, well, Brother Shorter, you know, he just messed up. He, you know, my, my God, it tore him, it almost killed the man. Brother Daniels, you shouldn't even be here tonight. You're sick. Your wife is sick. You got trouble, but you're in the house of the Lord. So I know somewhere along the way, you did the word of God. You didn't just talk about it. You didn't just say it, but you did it. I didn't see it. We didn't see it. I don't know how long you've been praying. Jennifer, you should have quit when daddy died. Should have walked away. When Danny died, he should have quit. Anybody would have, no, nobody would have blamed you. Nobody would have said, oh, Jim, what's wrong with her? We all have been like, man, she's been through a lot. You know what I mean, it's a mess. But you've been here. You've been faithful. And I, and I don't know what you did. I didn't see it. There was no fanfare. Nobody was videoing you when you did it. But somewhere along the way, you put something down in some stone and you made it permanent. And you said, no matter what comes, no matter what hell comes, no matter what, I'm going to be right here. And there's a lot of pain, but I'm going to still be here. There's a lot of suffering, but I'm going to still be here. I may cry, but I'm not leaving. I may weep, but I'm not leaving. I may be sad, but I'm not leaving. I may be bitter, but I'm going to go pray. I'm not going nowhere. You can't see that. You can't write that down. You can't put that on a video. That ain't going to be on the top ten. But we know when I walk in the door and I have my head high and I got a shout in my step, I did something. You didn't see me do it, but I prayed. And I did the word that God spoke into my life I did it I did it I did it I did it nobody saw it nobody was jumping up and down nobody nobody threw confetti and Jesus says in verse 21 and I'm done with these last few scriptures he said, by the way, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to get in. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Watch what he says. Many will say to me on that day. Many will say to me on that day. Verse 22. Many will say to me on that day. Lord, we prophesy. We cast out devils. Lord, in your name. In your name, we did it in your name. We will speak in the name of Jesus. In your name, we did many wonderful works. 
Watch what Jesus says. Then I will say unto them, I never knew you. You thought your works was going to get you in here? You thought your religion was going to get you in here? You thought because you were so churchy, you was going to get in here? You was prophesying, you was casting out the youth. You thought that was going to get you in here? I don't know you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Those words right there will be, those four words will be the most detrimental, catastrophic, tragic words that anybody will ever hear in their life to stand in front of God with all kinds of credentials. Lord, I knew you. I, I did all this stuff. Look what I did. Lord, if you want to see what I did, just go watch my story. I posted the whole thing. Every second of it. Lord, Lord, I, I, I did it. I mean, you can go check my portfolio. I did all kinds of works. And to hear these four words, I never knew you. But you got to know me. Look at all my works. God said, I'm not looking for works. I'm looking for fruit. Where's your fruit? Where's it at? Cain thought that he could win God's approval by the fruit of the ground. But Abel knew that it was the fruit of the heart. Cain thought, I'll give God the fruit of the ground. And he'll be satisfied. But Abel just did what he saw his father do. He was just obedient to the thing that was already in place. He just did the word of God. And he did. The obedient thing. And God received his sacrifice. Because God did not want the fruit of the ground. He wanted the fruit of obedience. The fruit of the heart. The fruit of the spirit. My God. My God. Tonight, in closing, there he is. No other way to put it than the simplicity of if you hear it, do it. What makes us wise and what makes us foolish is not our surroundings. It's not what we have or, or, or don't have. It's our level of obedience to the word of God. 
the wise virgins and the foolish virgins in the parable of Jesus Christ. They both had oil. One just didn't have enough to make it through. There was, it wasn't that one had some kind of special gift and had extra oil. One just planned ahead. One had the fruit of their obedience was I'm bringing a full vial of oil so my lamp will burn. The wise and the foolish among us today, the wise and the foolish in, 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 in this culture today, the wise and the foolish in this church and the kingdom of God as a whole will not be determined by who has a, a ministry, not be determined by who has the anointing. When, when, when I read Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 24, there is no place in there where it says, that the preachers will be in another line or the ministers will be in another line. We're all going to be in that line. I'm going to have to stand before God too, just like you. There'll be no, who, who cares? You know, oh, this guy was anointed. There's a special line for the anointed people. Oh, this guy was a called minister of God. Uh, uh, you uh, go To the left, please, sir. Oh, there's a common saint right here down the middle. There's none of that. We're all going to have to stand in that place before God. Every one of us, we're going to have to give an account for what we did with what we heard. Because God spoke to me one time. He's never spoke to me again like that. Only one time. He's never spoke to me again. He never spoke to me before like that. And he never spoke to me again like that. But he spoke to me one time and he said, go. It's the only word that he said to me that I can say that God spoke to me in an audible voice. That I heard it like he was standing beside me. Only one word. He said, go. And I've been going ever since I heard that word. Some days I've gone slow. Some days I've gone fast. Listen, some days I've gone backwards. I've been going. I've never took my foot off the pedal. I've just tried to go. Brothers and sisters, I'm still going right now. I'm going in my ministry, in my vision, in my mind. I'm going. God spoke to me. I heard the word. I'm going to do the word. Because I don't want to stand before God on judgment day and say, Lord, look at all the stuff I did. Look at all these things I had. I, I, I never knew you. I never knew you. Because when you was 21 years old, I told you to go, and you didn't go nowhere. You stayed right there in the comfort of all that you had, comfort of home, and the comfort of family, and the comfort of all that, and you never risked anything for me. You took your talent and you hid it in the ground because you was afraid. You didn't go, you didn't do nothing. I never knew you depart from me, you didn't work there's no special line for any of us in this room today. We're all going to stand in that place. You're going to stand in the same line I'm standing in. And the only thing that will make us different at all will be that maybe one of us heard the word and we did it. And one of us heard the word and we didn't do it. There's a place in the New Testament where Jesus says, it would have been better for you to have never heard. since you heard you are accountable now for what you've heard you are not off the hook if you heard it and you know it you're accountable to it now you're accountable every man every woman that has heard the word you're accountable to what you've heard there is no loose ends 
There is no way out. There is no sick days. There is no, hey, something really, really, really bad happened to me. So, no. Something really, really bad happens to everybody. We, we, we all face adversity. But when the wind comes and the flood comes and the rain comes, whoever did it, and maybe it was in the darkness of night, I mean, maybe when no one was watching, you was out there building your house on that rock. No fanfare, no, no lights, no cameras, no confetti. Just you by yourself pressing on. God says, now, that is a foundation I can build on. Now, I say that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And if God can build a house on a rock that the gates of hell cannot prevail against, I can build my house on the rock that the gates of hell cannot prevail against every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. It's so precious, so right, so connected to where we're at today. God, I pray tonight a special prayer over everybody in this room. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.